Hi, everybody. This is Kara Fitzgerald. New Frontiers in Functional Medicine is here every month, bringing you the best minds in functional medicine. And we would not be able to do this over the years without the generous contributions from our sponsors, Metagenics, Integrative Therapeutics, and Biotics Research. The mission of Metagenics is to lead the movement in making personalized nutritional intervention the standard of care in the treatment and prevention of disease and the promotion of optimal health. For over 30 years, Metagenics has been dedicated to scientific discovery, innovative products, unparalleled quality, education, and practitioner partnerships to support lifestyle functional nutrition. For more information, visit Metagenics at metagenics.com. Biotics Research. For four, over 40 years, the foundations of biotics research has been innovation and quality. Their goals remain unchanged. Innovative ideas, carefully researched concepts, and product development with advanced analytical and manufacturing techniques. Biotics nutritional products are of superior quality and effectiveness and available exclusively to healthcare professionals. Visit them at bioticsresearch.com. Integrative Therapeutics is focused on inspiring a better lifestyle through better health. By providing meticulously formulated nutritional supplements and valuable resources, Integrative Therapeutics promises to enrich your patients and embolden your practice. Welcome to your Integrative Therapeutics. Find them at integrativepro.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to New Frontiers in Functional Medicine, where we are interviewing the best minds in functional medicine. And of course, today is no exception. I'm really excited to be sitting with my dear friend, colleague, and mentor, Dr. Susan Bloom. And we're going to be talking about just, well, we're going to be talking about a lot of really interesting stuff. You know her in her work in autoimmunity and, and gut work and work in arthritis, and she's a functional medicine doc. Um, but today we're going to be kind of looking at this through the lens of, um, you know, stress, of chronic stress, of inadequately addressed um, autonomic overdrive. So before we jump in, I just want to give you a little bit of Dr. Blum's background. Uh, she's an assistant clinical professor in the Department of Preventative Medicine at Icon School of Medicine, Mount Sinai. Um, she's been treating, healing, and preventing chronic diseases for nearly two decades. Uh, a preventative medicine and chronic disease specialist. She's founder and director of Blum Center um, for Health in Rybrook, New York. Uh, and she's got a great, uh, very bright multi-specialty team of physicians, nurse practitioners, practitioners, nutritionists, and health coaches, all providing cutting-edge functional and integrative medicine services. In fact, my team has visited her clinic in Rybrook, and we've had really some fun times together. We joined their rounds. I think they joined our rounds. We have a virtual rounds. They have an in-person rounds, and it's just it's been really nice to collaborate with her on a lot of different levels. Uh, you are likely familiar with her first best-selling book, The Immune System Recovery Plan. She published that in 2013. Um, she's got a good four-step program. She's used this to help thousands of patients recover from autoimmune and immune-related conditions without medication. We talk about that as well as the book she published in 2017, Healing Arthritis, on our first podcast. And if you go to the show notes, you'll see my conversation uh, with Dr. Blum there uh, and look at both books. In fact, you know, so I don't forget, I want to just mention that my mom quotes you all the time. <laughs> Dr. Blum said. Yeah, well, okay, now that is the best endorsement that there could yes. be. Okay, so yeah, all the time. I'll take everybody's mom. That's great. Thank you. Thank her for me. I, absolutely, absolutely. So she's she's um, a medical a member of the medical advisory board for the Dr. Oz show. She's on teaching faculty for the Center for Mind Body Medicine, and she's lectured throughout the world. And she has a particular interest in global trauma uh, and training programs. Uh, she approaches medicine and her life, and I know this because she and I connect often, often from this whole body perspective, incorporating all facets of wellness into every aspect. Um, she co-founded The Organic Farmer, a grab-and-go functional food and juice eatery with delivery available nationwide. That's so cool. I've, I've observed this grow over time. Maybe we'll have a second to see how that's doing. And she practices what she preaches. She starts her day with a meditation. She takes a walk with her pup. And she just does a lot of good work, not just for you know, her patients, but herself too. So welcome again to New Frontiers. Oh, that, that's Dr. such Blum. a nice intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. My pleasure. It's just lovely to be with you again. Um, I know I miss you too. Yeah. We're all virtual. We're all sort of, you know, in, in our silos in a way. So it's nice. Yeah. It's great to connect. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. We're recording on zoom. So we get to actually look at each other today and um, yeah, cause it has, it's been a long time. Um, so, you, you know, you've got a lot of focus on the gut because you're thinking about the immune system right. and now you're really thinking, of course, you know, we're in the midst of COVID and you're really thinking about that stress influence. In fact, I think you all, you, you always have, but now more than any, and more than at any time previous, I think it's central um, to your thinking um, as underlying a lot of the chronic conditions that you're seeing come to your practice. And specifically, you're interested in the autonomic nervous system and its involvement versus HPA, or not versus HPA, but in addition to in addition. HPA. Yeah. So I just want to talk to me about this. Uh, yeah. this evolution in thinking and 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 where you're going with it. Okay, great. So um so first thank you for being for having me here. Um yeah, you know, I've been practicing functional medicine for like 20 years, which is just amazing. Uh you know, a long hauler, I guess we'll <laughs> use it in that term. Um but you know I've been taking care of people for a really long time. I have patients I've been taking care of, you know, for many, many, many years. And recently in this past year, I've, I've sort of been working as in sort of my practice has been moving in this direction of having this annual visit where I really um, having people come in for a 90 minute like review of everything. And, and it's really struck me that, I mean, this is sort of multi-levels how I ended up like why I'm so interested in this in this moment, but a lot of it is in my clinical practice, I'm really seeing, you know, these people that I'm treating their gut every year and the SIBO just won't go away. And why am I doing another gut box or more herbs? And like, what is still going on? If they're eating health, the, the eating's okay. You know, the diet's changed. And so there's this piece, right? To really trying to understand, you know, what's driving it. And, um, and then the other big thing about um, that comes along with that is that you know, I've been doing, and I know you've, you've done Dutch tests on here. And so for the past year or two, I've been doing a lot of Dutch tests, right? And so, and I love it. It's like, it's just a real, yeah. for someone who loves this, you know, the, the pathways, the biochemistry person in me, it's just so cool to see all that. But the thing is that, you know, it's only one part of the story. And, um, and so what I've been thinking about lately let me just let me just throw out for people who aren't yeah. familiar with the Dutch. We have a ton of content and lots yeah. of 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 webinars and posts and all sorts of stuff on the Dutch. But you're speaking specifically about the cortisol evaluation, yeah. the four point cortisol and the cortisol awakening response, right? Yeah. So that you you really get a great um, yeah. adrenal cortex assessment, yeah. right? Of the mineral all the cortical corticosteroids, right? All of them. And so actually not, not aldosterone, which I almost said mineralocorticoid, that's different, but the rest of the corticosteroids are there. And so, but, but sort of coming back to my own um, sort of sense of there's really something going on here and then COVID hit, right? Yeah. And we're talking about stress. My opening with everybody is how you doing? What's going on? But the reality is that I've been thinking about that even up till now, because I've been sitting with everybody pondering why are people not fully healing? Like what's, what? like we are upstream medicine, right? Let's go upstream. Like yeah. what is it that's driving? Why is the gut not like the ecosystem not completely healing? Like what's yeah. still pushing it out of balance, right? There's this ecosystem. And the, I believe in the sort of finish what you started and how are we gonna like really get, help someone yeah. get to that place where they're really in balance and they're just living their life and they don't need to, treat dysbiosis again, right? And, so and I just I just want to say, because I know you, and for anyone who might be thinking, I kind of want to nip this in the bud, that you are okay. that you do know the latest technology and you are looking oh, yeah. at the latest probiotics and interventions and, oh, yeah. you know, pharmaceuticals when appropriate and herbal combinations and, you know, the yes. evolution of our... our oh, our, yeah. Our, I'm so using you know all that I'm and it's there. I'm, treat, okay. I'm rotating, I'm rotating yeah. different herbal combinations. I'm... So what I want people to understand as you're treating this, so what I've come to understand, and because I'm an old, I'm sort of an, been doing this a long time, I won't call myself old, but um, what I've learned is that 
there's this stress component that is driving a lot of dysfunction or perpetuating some of the imbalances. Oh God, the cat's here. Sorry. I can, I, um, I can, I can see him in the reflection. That's so oh yeah. cute. Um, yeah. And so it must be close to her feeding time. And so um, the, what happened, what I've come to realize, and also I do a lot of trauma work with the Center for Mind Body Medicine. I just mm. gave a talk on the, ordina- on the autonomic nervous system. And I'm like reading all this information and I'm thinking, you know, if you asked, and I, and I told this story before, I was you know, giving a lecture for you know, 250 people and it was health professionals. And I asked everybody in the audience, who here knows that stress is important for their health? Everybody raised their hand. And I said, okay, now who is actively like incorporating that into their practice every day to mitigate the how stress comes into your body? Because there are stressors and then there's how stress comes in. Mm-hmm. And so, and how it comes in and changes our physiology and who is, who's practicing something to mitigate that. And only like a third of people raise their hands. And these are all of us who know it. And so what I found myself doing in this past year with COVID, as well as me catching up with all my patients and looking and really looking at their history and how I've been taking care of them all these years is digging in to stress. And so that's really why I want to talk about that today. I thought to talk about that with you today, because I've been exploring not just Um, the effects of cortisol, which is what we are good at in functional medicine. We do cortisol. We now have the Dutch, I brought up Dutch. We're like, we understand cortisol. We understand ACTH and the HPA axis and how it works and and how to assess it and how to treat it, what herbs to use. I mean, we're sort of, you know, in a good sort of way that so to speak with assessing that. And then, you know, but there's a whole nother system that we don't talk about. Yeah. And so I've just sort of been like, just reminding myself. And so I wanted to remind everyone here that there's another system that's a big player and that both of these systems, the HPA axis, as well as the autonomic nervous system have direct effect on the gut, on the gut lining integrity, on the gut microbiome, on motility. And what do we talk about in civil all the time about motility and everybody's busy saying, you know, motility, well, okay. So we, what about norepinephrine that's being secreted into the tissues in the, in the gut lining? It's affecting motility. And so there's all sorts of interesting effects. And so if we knew, and so I don't think we do as good a job as we can in the world of functional medicine in addressing this. And so I've been really exploring in my own practice and in my own mind, like, okay, how are we going to assess this? How am I going to make this part of every visit? with everybody and mm-hmm. really help them understand and, and, and stress with them, stress, stress, help them drill into that because people don't wanna do it. They would rather you give them a pill even in a functional medicine place, right? And so they just, they don't always yeah. wanna go there. Right. And how do we help people really realize that you have to go here? Right. I wanna just, um, I, wa- I, I, I wanna underscore that point and, and I, mean, I actually have a couple thoughts. So we're going to, we're yeah, going to no, talk gonna, about I, that, was my, that was my little rant. So now, now it's your turn. Well, I want to, I'm I, on our show notes, folks, I'm going to link to an image of the autonomic nervous system and its involvement in all of our organ systems. Actually, if we can specifically find, find one that's. Oh one yeah. I have a whole bunch of slides. I can also share. We can do. Perfect. That. Yeah. I want to just put, so people can kind of get a roadmap to the significance and just a reminder, a lot of folks yes. are clinicians. So this is going to be, you know, obviously this is familiar to you, but you'll just have a visual reminder of yeah, it. And of I can a, talk of a, a little bit too. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So we want that. And I just want to say my own aha around stress because I play a good game around, you know, stress and what I'm doing. I, I know, I know the drill. Um, I have some, some good self-care habits. I need more self-care habits. But one of the things that aha me profoundly regarding stress was this research that I've been doing into DNA methylation. And, and one of the ways that we assess biological age, like how, you know, really how, how old is your body? It may not have anything to do with chronological age. It could be a lot younger or a lot o- older, but the, the most rigorous way we assess that is looking at DNA methylation patterns. And that's the first thing that we looked at in our study. We were looking, we, we, we checked biological age. And um, as I've been researching and writing about it, the 
really amazing thing is 25% of those sites on the DNA, you know, in the methylome, those, those, those DNA methylation sites are related to stress, a full 25%. Boom. And the other piece that's interesting is that when you actually pull the thread of what's going on with some of these genes involved, you see, you see the, the, the early life stress experience, the in utero stress experience, you see mom, you see inherited stress experience, changing epigenetics. They're the same genes that then are linked to cognitive decline, cardiovascular disease, et cetera. It's, it's, it's pretty nuts and aging. So, I mean, that was like, that was kind of the big bucket of water, the ALS challenge that, that, that really moved me like, oh my God, this is everywhere. So needing more than lip service. So that was the, that was no, a little. Totally needing more than lip service and coming back to children, you know, the average childhood event studies, those are those ACEs yeah. on trauma and children. It's and profound. I, I'm sure changes their whole methylone you know, for, as mm -hmm. one of the mechanisms of how they end up having an increased risk of autoimmune disease. And, you know, but yeah. we know that that trauma has a big effect on, on long-term health. And so, um, and so we're really, people are studying all of these mechanisms, but yes. in, in this moment though, as people here listening and, you, you know, these are, everyone listening are, are clinicians or they're taking care of for themselves, you know, but there are a lot of clinicians. And I think that, um, well, we always teach do yourself first, right? So, yeah. you know, you have to work with yourself first. And, and I will say, you know, I've had a lot of trauma in the past 10 years and with my kids, all sorts of things. My, my daughter-in-law suddenly died New Year's Eve last year. So we're going on her annual thing this oh year. Gosh. And I'm just stating that for the record, because I have had reflux all year, me, and I'm finally yeah. been working on like, and I'm doing everything right right? And I meditate. But there's all sorts of other aspects of helping hook into the autonomic nervous system that I want to, so, so maybe there's personal aspects of this. And I, my son had, I had a traumatic brain injury kid like 10 years ago, like there's all sorts of ways that I've had my own personal experience with how stress and trauma have affected my own health. And so I do know that. And maybe that has informed me and why I'm so passionate about it. But I see it now, you know, when you, once you see something, you can't unsee it. Mm -hmm. And so I see it in, in all my patients now. Mm -hmm. And so I've really been able to make some really good inroads into really repairing and restoring health finally with, with people that are going with me on that journey and, and, and really working on, um, helping them find tools to rebalance either the autonomic nervous system, which is a little different than just practicing, you know, stress, you know, meditation. So autonomic nervous system has two branches, sympathetic, parasympathetic. Sympathetic is the fighter. So we talk about the fight or flight response and sympathetic are um, adrenergic nerves that release norepinephrine. And the nerves bathe all your tissues They're They innervate your lymphoid organs uh, and all your all your gold and your law like you name it's all everywhere and 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 it releases into tissues it doesn't synapse directly with um like t cells and b cells but it bathes but there are receptors on t cells and b cells and it bathes the it releases just generally and it diffuses away throughout the whole lymphoid tissue um and and into the gut lumen and interestingly, norepinephrine when released from symp so sympathetic nerve innervates every smooth muscle, right? Because it's it's auto it's automatic, right? The autonomic nervous system, and it innervates all your tissues. And so that's sympathetic. I'll come back to that in a second. And then parasympathetic is acetylcholine. It's released from the vagus nerve. I mean, actually, there's more nerves. It starts so everything starts in the brainstem, and the vagus nerve actually travels through the lungs and the diaphragm, and that's the big mo and down the back, the dorsal, into all the um, the gut and all your tissues too, right? So it heads down into throughout the body. The vagus nerve is called the wanderer vagus, and it and it and that's the parasympathetic nerve. And when it's engaged, it really triggers parasympathetic relaxation system. And parasympathetic actually helps with motility, hmm. whereas sympathetic freezes the gut. Sure. Well, and if you so, think about it, like if you're a, if you're fleeing from a tiger, <laughs> you know you don't want to be digesting your food, right? right. If you're climbing, it's yeah, right. 
Right, and so it freezes that, it shunts the blood, vasoconstriction, shunt, heart rate, blood pressure, everything goes up um, and shunts the blood to the periphery, to the muscle so you could run. And so, um, and so, that's, so, so that's sympathetic nerve and parasympathetic. And the interesting thing, right, is parasympathetic then the potent. So, so when you think about autonomics and we think about treating it and we think about how we help understand how we can help ourselves balance the system, it's really about, you don't wanna be stuck on and you don't wanna be stuck off. Stuck off is called the freeze response in trauma, right? And so you don't wanna be stuck off either. Um, it's too much parasympathetic. It's almost like a POTS, right? Too much yeah. parasympathetic. And so you wanna have the system, it's just like everything else. You wanna have it turn on when you need it, turn off when you don't, resiliency on off balance. Right. And this is again in my old age that I'm really about like ecosystem and balance. It's not just, yeah. you can't just force things. You have to help people find a way to bring the body into balance and the power and the importance of the autonomic nervous system in driving the ability of the body to be in its resilient, most resilient balanced state is really important. And so engaging parasympathetic, like that's why breath work is so powerful, right? Cause when you take a deep breath and you open the bases of your lungs you tweak the vagus nerve through the diaphragm and you yes. relax and it engages parasympathetic. So the sympathetic nerve terminals that, that end up in the gut, I was, this is the, like, the most fascinating thing. You know, you know about um, the whole thing about iron, right? And siderophores, you know how we talk about that? And so, so dysbiosis, gram negative rods, those bad bugs that make lipopolysaccharide that we don't like, they need iron to live. You know, and they gobble up iron and they make these siderophores. But the gut, sort of the bot, your own, our bodies hold on to the iron with lactoferrin and transferrin, and it doesn't let it have it. But what norepinephrine does is it frees up the iron to be gobbled up by the dysbiosis, by the gram negative wow. rods. And so it promotes without, it doesn't directly stimulate them, it feeds them. Right. And norepinephrine, it released into the gut lumen, will increase dysbiosis. And so there's just like this fascinating stuff, right? And cortisol has its own direct effects on the on dysbiosis as well. So we weren't really so both of them are gonna really be important. Right, that's and fascinating. So it's yeah. really awesome. And so we have to do something about it, you know, in, in functional medicine is we're really trying to help everyone. And here we are with an end, both norepinephrine and cortisol shift the immune system to TH2 which is T help for those people just understanding TH1 and TH2. TH2 is, um, these are just T helper lymphocyte cells, you know, that promote humoral immunity. So antibody production. And TH1 is more um, the T lymphocytes, the helper cells that promote sort of cytotoxic T cells, right? Uh, and that's more antiviral. And so if you're pushing to TH2, which is good for bacteria, maybe worms, you know, there's like, there's also, and it's more allergy when you have really TH2 dominant. Yeah. You're shortchanging, you shift one, it's always like one goes high, is pushed at the expense of the other one. Sure. And so yeah. Well, you, and let me just throw out to give yeah. some, give some color to that. We adult, so we, adult onset allergies are huge. I mean, in severe huge. allergies, we're not talking, um, you know, a delayed hypersensitivity to dairy where you get, you know, the sniffles. We're talking up to full anaphylaxis. And that's because digestion is shut down. And so these large um, proteins are foreign to the gut. So the immune system, you know, be, our, our ability to break stuff down, like if we're in sympathetic is, 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 is really inhibited. And um, yeah, it becomes problematic. And, it's, and, and, you know, layer into that antacids, you know, the acid blocking therapy, and you just sort of turn the volume up on that big time. But yeah, um, yeah, that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. And so here we are, and everybody's taking herbs and zinc and vitamin C, and we're doing all this, you know, reporting and, and great stuff we're all posting, and we're trying to educate our patients about good supplements to take during COVID. But if you're walking around in a, in a bathing your immune system in catecholamines, um, in sympathetic, if you're sort of really in an on sympathetic state in addition to an on HPA axis state, cortisol and norpia, both of them, you're going to really be um, shifting your body away from being able to fight the virus. And so I just, I just 
I just want people to really wake up to the importance of this. And so, and so it's really about, um, it's, you know, I'm, we're all, I, you and I, you know, you and I, we're upstream medicine people. Yeah. Right. And at the end of the day, you know, we have to, uh, you, we have to address this. And so I had this, so coming into clinical practice, then this is a conversation I have with everybody, like every, every, everybody. Um, and I make sure I make time for it. And this is also where health coaching comes in, right? To really help people and to give people resources and hook them up with what they need. But our job is to educate people so that they understand how this is affecting them. So you see folks failing. You've done all the sophisticated interventions. Not, and I don't, wait a minute. I don't about, want to say they're failing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, yeah, that's, that's, okay. that's strong. Because really but, what's happened yeah. is we've gone, we've gone from like there, they were a mess. Yeah. And I always use football analogies. I think we had three, my father raised girls before he finally had his fourth son. And so we did a lot of football. But if you're moving the football down the field, right? Somebody comes in, we moved the football all the way to the five yard line. But there's something that is causing them to keep getting recurrent symptoms like a weakness. You know, something is just not, we're not finishing it. It's like to finish what you started. It's not, yeah. people are feeling so much better. I mean, they're still yes. coming back. Otherwise I, I have lost them a long time ago. So we're really helping people feel better and better, but they're still having relapses and they're still coming, you know, there's just something that still is causing them to relapse, mm -hmm. right? They'll do good for a while and then they'll relapse. And, um, and so, yes, now you can finish what you were going to say, but I just wanted to clarify that they're not, I didn't mean to make it sound like they're failing. It's just, this is me going, why are they relapsing again? I haven't seen them maybe for a year and now they're back because they're having symptoms again. Right. Yeah. And, and what are, I get, so I'm thinking about your own journey. Cause you just, you shared some, you yeah. know, the, the facts that, that you were struggling with reflux. And I mean, you've had, you know, you've just had some really significant trauma over the last decade, but, um, you know, in your patients, like when are you just in general, you know, what are some of the things, what are some of the cl cl clinical pictures that are going to flag you towards um, autonomic nervous dysregulation besides just, okay, you're, you're 90% better, but there's this really refractory 10%, right. but what, like what, what else? Good question. So, um, so what do people look like that are in, that have a catecholamine imbalance, right? And so, so, you know, when somebody comes in who's really fatigued, right? So you've got someone, you're working up fatigue. There are people who have like a low energy, low mood fatigue, like they're just flat, you know, really low energy, low mood. There's mm -hmm. the, you know, catecholamines are really important neurotransmitters. And so adrenal fatigue, if you, if someone has it, and so you assess the adrenals and let's say they clearly have a, you're doing a workup for fatigue and you see they have adrenal fatigue and you're, you're talking to this person. This is, you know, you're, you get, we have relationships, right? And you're interviewing them and you see that they're depressed, low energy, you know, you really might want to think about um, catecholamine depletion, right? As an issue, like low catecholamines because the sympathetic system has been burnt out right? From you have adrenal fatigue, you can get burnout from cortisol. You can also get burnout from catecholamines. Hi there. I'm Josette Herdell, a graduate of Dr. Fitzgerald's nutrition residency program and now functional nutritionist and contributor to Dr. Kara Fitzgerald Functional Medicine. I'm here to tell you about Nutridyne, a third generation family owned and operated practitioner exclusive supplement company offering a comprehensive catalog of professional grade supplements. The Nutridyne online store is particularly awesome because it offers practitioners advanced ordering tools like Nutriscripts and Nutridyne Connect Pro. Nutriscripts makes recommending clinically effective products easy, and Connect Pro is a free turnkey e-commerce solution for fulfilling supplement sales. Nutridyne has it all, online tools, science-based products, top-notch advice, and educational seminars so you can focus on patient care and managing your practice. Go to Nutridyne.com, that's N-U-T-R-I-D-Y-N.com, and as a special offer for Dr. Kara Fitzgerald listeners, take 30% off your first order using promo code NEW2021. Thanks for listening. And you're and thinking mostly you're leaning on norepinephrine, or are you thinking about epinephrine, dopamine, I mean, yeah, you need to, you probably, you need to measure all of them. And so, 
um, in the, um, so clinical is the first thing. So you have a sign about it, you know, clinically, um, if, if they're low. And so it's very hard to evaluate it um, clinically. And so I think my two main ways I would, I would do that is in organic acids. You know, you can get the HVA and VMA, which are the metabolites of dopamine and norepinephrine, epinephrine. And if the metabolites are really low, um, you know, are both, and, and sometimes one's high and one's low, which is a different thing, which we can talk about in a minute, but you yeah. can definitely get that. I mean, I do organic acids on everybody. So mm -hmm. I'm always looking at VMA and HVA. A lot of times I see it's high. And so you can see if it's high, they might be just having a high output situation. So right there, you can see if it's high, you can see if it's low. If it's low, then um, if they're both low, you can look at, you know, there's nutrients that are important, you know, B6, copper, vitamin C, you need COMT to be working, right? Catecholomethyltransferase. And so you can sort of do more work to assess the system and to give them the vitamins certainly they need to see if it would, um, if it would pick up. But if they have fatigue and they have low mood, you can think catecholamines, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the ways, the things I do as a conventional doc is I'll do a 24 hour urine for, um, for the metanephrine and normetanephrines, which are, it's just 24 hour urine for the catecholamines. Yeah. And, you, and, and those are additional like intermediates beyond actually VMA and HVA, I think are really at the end of the road. And those. Right. And then I think norepinephrine and metanephrine, I think that's actually the straight from epinephrine and norepinephrine. And they're in between. And, yeah. You know, that's the one that you measure if you think someone has a theochromocytoma. I mean, that's the classic in medicine where you're looking for high output catecholamines. Because of a tumor. Because of a tumor. Thank you. And so, yeah, so you can do a 24 hour urine conventional medicine. All you can do is a 24 hour urine, which is actually helpful because you can look mm -hmm. at total output that way. Yeah. And so, um, so you can do a screening that way. And then in terms of people who are in full on, who are total, you can tell how stressed they are. Think of the people who are having palpitations. Think of the people who are having, you know, they're telling you they're not sleeping, their heart rates up, having a lot of anxiety. They could be in just a high output catecholamine state. And seriously, you can't, there's no like, you can't give them really medication for that. I mean, I think you can give them, it's stress stuff. So sure, we could do CBD and help them, help, you know, teach them. And we're going to talk about mind-body medicine because that's really important. But I'm saying in terms of functional medicine, it's not like we have a blocker for the adrenergic receptors, you know. Um, you have to really help people um, practice something to turn off their stress response you know, which brings us to mind, body medicine. And I will say that, let me, let me just ask you. So as yeah. you're talking about blockers, of course, I'm thinking about like mother's little helpers, Valium and, you know, the benzos and so forth that well, I, some yeah. clinicians would turn to, but what, I mean, are you, I just, it just made me think of addiction because obviously yeah. that's going to be a huge concern with, you know, going in that direction to manage stress. And I mean, are you seeing in your, you know, in, in this population, addiction happening as well? Not really. Okay. But I'm not, you know, look, my population, I'm, I'm in a suburb of New York City, you know, yeah. so. I don't mean it. And I don't mean addiction like value. Oh, you maybe, mean maybe like I'm taking my Xanax or, and I can't stop, you know? Or, or no, or just like, yeah, I'm eating too much or just like, like, like using, using some, a, a compulsive behavior to sort of mask over the sympathetic overdrive. You know, I'm um, watching TV well, or I'm addicted to I would to say medication. yes, sometimes for sure. Like I actually had a patient yesterday who I've been seeing for several years and she is just like wired up, you know, and anxious and worries about everything and stressed about everything. And she's definitely just taking Xanax every night to sleep. And she expresses mm. that she'd like to get off of it, and, but she just can't, you know, and that sometimes she works herself up into palpitations, you know, and... Um, and I did her organic acids, uh, and she definitely has high both. Mm -hmm. She's high for both. And so, um, so I think she's got a high output sympathetic drive, you know? And so we had a very long talk about, you know, in her treatment plan, we made a plan for how she's going to address that. And so somebody like that, and, and so was there a part two to your question though? Cause I don't want to move on from no, that. No, but I mean, I'm, well, I'm not, well, my new part is I'm curious how you're approaching this, but I know we're going to get there. So just keep Yeah. Going. Well, because for someone like that, so 
I, I do whatever I can. I, I try everything, right? And so I did actually for her, what we did was I have her taking CBD in the late afternoon at four o'clock before she gets into the evening. Mm-hmm. to see if she doesn't need it because she thinks a lot of it's behavior modification. We talked about what it's, what her evenings are like. She's got little kids at home, you know, um, that by the time she lands in bed, she just needs something. She, she's like all wired up. And so starting the wind down, some of it's just about real good old fashioned behavior modification, which really coaches are great. You know, it's a lot, you know, uh, and I'm having her follow up with my coach to make sure that, that she gets help ongoing feedback to keep her going with that. And she already messaged me that she tried it yesterday and it was great, you know, taking something earlier to prevent, to blunt the acceleration of her anxiety as it heads into the evening. And so, so behavior, so yes, so behavior modification, I think this is where, um, you know, like some GABA, you know, the PharmaGABA chewables and um, some theanine and CBD, you know, to, to help sort of um, help people start some of that relaxation process into the evening um, and winding down at night for her. The morning meditation, I tend to work with people with more morning meditation um, or morning practice, but for her, she, she needed something to manage her well, evening. You know, as a mom with a toddler, it's funny, I have a neighbor who's got two toddlers and she is looking, she, I, I saw her the other day and she's absolutely looks beautiful she's been just engaged in all sorts of good self-care yep. and I was talking to her about it and she said to me yep and she was talking to me about the clean diet and, and all of this and it was great and she goes but by the way Kara I'm not giving up my wine <laughs> well, um, but it was well right and I have found a lot of my my patients during the pandemic they they did that for a little while but now they're all back you know they sort of pulled themselves yeah. back up by their bootstraps and they um but I do want to say like I lately I've been enamored with heart math okay and Good. the reason why I want to bring that up is because one of the things I really like about it, so think about autonomic nervous system, heart rate variability. I mean, this is like sympathetic hardwiring into the- Can you just the, define it? Talk about what heart math is and just a little yeah, bit of so, definition so, of- Yes. So, um, okay. So there's this scent, there's this, it's been around for a long time. And heart math is a biofeedback gizmo that you can do to help even out your heart rhythm. And it- turns out that when you're stressed, uh, the, your heart, because um, so your sympathetic, your autonomic nervous system is very central to running your whole heart rate and your heart rhythm. And there's something called entrainment that happens where your heart rate variability, it's actually where it's more variable, but in a really good way, it's even and variable. And that's a sign of like relaxation, actually. And that um, when you're not in this entrained state, this like rhythmic state, and you have low heart rate variability, it's just sort of um, very erratic, your heart rate. Um, it's like a, it's not your EKG, right? It's like a different yeah. kind of measure. Okay, so don't think of it like the your EKG is fine. This is just some other kind of an, a way of measuring your heart rate. And so what you can do is you can do, it's like an exercise, it's a little gizmo you get um, you put it on your finger and Bluetooth it to your phone and you just follow the instructions and you do it like 10 minutes twice a day and you end up rhythmically getting your heart rate and it's and they ask you to um, imagine like something that makes you feel good so it helps you connect to um, it helps you make the connection between how you feel and your body's sympathetic nervous system right? And mm-hmm. so you can see the rhythm as it's telling you to think good thoughts or like gives you different um, prompts. And, and, it will, and the, the, the computer on the gizmo will respond to um, sort of how you're doing and give you prompts. And you practice. And with practice, you end up get helping your heart rate get into that really good stage of heart rate variability. And when it's in that good stage, you know your sympathetic nervous system is is sort of smooth and it's sort of more in balance. And so I think of, you know, the sympathetic nervous system, which is this automatic, we always thought it was automatic. In the past, your heart rate, right? We know that we can actually have an influence. And so how do you take something voluntary and influence something we thought was involuntary? And there's that place where that intersects. And so that's one of the reasons I like heart math for this idea of the sympathetic, the people with the autonomic imbalances, 
right? Because they really, and, and for people who like need a gizmo, you know, there are people who just, you know, the, the idea of meditation and, and I say the word meditation, but you know, there's so many apps out there. You just have to plug in and listen to someone tell you something to, to what to do. It's like breathing exercises or other visual things. Imagine where the tension is in your body. I mean, there's all different ways to promote a relaxation response through mind body, these mind body medicine tools like guided visualization and imagery. Um, but the gizmo thing is an interesting way to really work, um, you know, to really get like a direct intersection into the autonomics. Yeah, Does that, that makes sense? sense. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, well, because you had opened up our conversation with a little provocative comment around sort of needing something more than meditation. Um, I don't remember, I can't remember exactly what you said, but- um, Yeah, some people do. This is, this supplies a little bit more information. Yeah, I have, I'm wearing an aura ring these days, which I really love. And this tracks heart rate variability too. And I, and I, and I like having it, except that it's passively tracking it. Where heart math, um, we prescribe the inner balance app with the yeah, earbuds. That's what, it, that's what it is, the inner balance yeah. app. Yeah. And um, you're at, it, one, one is actively engaged in it for that for those sessions. Like you're just really actively participating in the own in your own transformation. And you know, thinking about gut, where we started this conversation, and yeah. we'll surely circle back. I mean, one could track those two. And I'm sure you've had people track their heart rate variability, their response to heart math and their SIBO symptoms or yeah. IBS. And Absolutely. My, my gut people, once I get them practicing and meditation's fine too, you know, for them, for them, not everybody is, um, really needs, um, like real hardcore intervention for the autonomic. Sometimes it really meditation is enough or the app that they start practicing every morning or knitting you know, or, you know, something that brings you to this moment and involves breathing, right? And so you have to be in this moment and you have to be doing deep breathing in some way. And so it could be yoga and it could be, you know, just yoga pranayama. It could be stretching and breathing every morning. I try to really figure out what's going to work for each person. You don't have to do heart math, mm -hmm. but just in terms of my thoughts on, and so depending on how somebody's particular circumstance, you might prescribe, it's a prescription. You have to help figure out what's gonna work best and you take into account that person and whether they are resistant to doing, they, they're like, I can't do meditation, you know? Um, I personally love meditation and I'm actually trying this new Tibetan meditation course. And I'm just, I have this guy I turn on on my laptop every morning for 10, 15 minutes and I, following new instructions it's sort of fun to do something different you know but it but that's you have to you have to find some way every day of engaging parasympathetic you have to and it's not enough to go work out and it's not enough necessarily to just read a book mm -hmm. i mean you might turn off the sympathetic if you read a book but you really want to actively engage parasympathetic right and especially if you know that stress is having an effect on your health and I would say it's a, from a preventive medicine perspective, you have to prevent it from having an effect on your health. And especially right now, we're all um, living in the land of making, we wanna make sure we can fight viruses really good. You have to make sure you're not living in sympathetic and you're not living in high cortisol land, you know, as I say to my patients. And so, um, and so I guess my, I just really wanna encourage people to also measure, cortisol might look fine, but they might actually have a high, uh, they might be in sympathetic and, and the adrenals when you do the Dutch, it actually looks fine. So when you do the Dutch complete or any kind of organic acid and you take a look at that BMA and then HBA and the person's symptoms, is this your, is this your insomnia people? Is this your, your menopausal woman who's getting hot flashes all the time? You know, um, you know, there's all sorts of reasons why this might be something that and sometimes you might not change much of what you do other than really make it clear that you think this is contributing to someone's symptoms for yourself and for the patient. Mm -hmm. And then find tools. You, everybody needs to, every clinician needs tools in their toolkit for what to give people, how to prescribe or, or refer them to someone who can help them. And so I think that, you know, we educate. What, what do we spend all our time doing in, in our clinical visits is educating. 
And so my job is to connect those dots for people. I really want to educate you about this is what I think is going on. And we really have to do something about this. Yeah, right, right. And um, and I think especially, I guess I'm thinking of some of my patients who've who've been with me for the long haul and they might not have either achieved the goals quite that they've set out. I'm thinking of one woman who was impeccable with all of yeah. our interventions. Um, took the train to New York City every day, was a lawyer, is a lawyer and, you know, raising kids, um, single mom, like, you know, pretty, pretty tough yeah, I existence. Mean, not, there is no yeah. way she's not having stressors. So this is yeah. the thing. There's, yeah. You have to understand that everyone has stressors. And it well, so for her, it was more that I mean, she ended up she ended up just moving into the city. That was her stress release because she didn't have to do that massive commute anymore. And now she can walk to work. And that was the that was the game changer for her. So the the last straw for her was, you know, she couldn't lose weight. You know, her numbers were fabulous. Her yep. inflammation was beautiful. Her diet was dialed in, et cetera. But you know, she she just hung on to her pounds because of you know just stress just the stress yeah. overdrive well, you can't live you know you can't lose weight and if you if, if, when you're bathing yourself in high cortisol for sure right yeah. right and so that was yeah that was the turnaround so it's meeting them where they're where or brainstorming unique to um whatever the situation is or and, at least look i'm not saying we should blame stress for everything i mean that's certainly like an easy out oh it's just stress you know and i'm not telling anyone to do that but you know once it's part it, it's part of the matrix, right? It's just like part of, it's part of where we go. Actually, I would put it more as a mediator, right? On the matrix, right? It's, it's, a, it's a, yeah. Well, I was, it, I think it is. I, 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 I think, I think, I think we've paid it. We pay it good lip service. I mean, it's, it's, it is, it's on the matrix. It sits in the middle, the mental, emotional piece, or at least it's, you know, central to the matrix and influences all yeah. of the nodes, but yeah. um. But no, I, I think in our I, I, no, I agree with you. I don't think you're paying, I don't think you're shirking your responsibility as a functional medicine deep thinker. <laughs> I mean, you know how to practice medicine really well. And, yeah, no, I, and I, this I, is yeah, where you're landing. You, you know just, how to I'm do just, it. I'm just clarifying for people that, yeah. that in this moment, this is what I felt like talking about today because yeah. I, because I have done everything else and I know, yeah. and I know how to do everything else. And, well, let me just, let me ask you. And about I have your... to do this too. It's just do this too. It's like, you yeah. have to do this also. That's all. Well, what about, I want, I have a couple questions for you. I, I do want to ask about COVID because I mean, what you, so what you started our conversation with was that if you're bathed in stress, you're you're effectively shutting your immune system down. Not only that, but in the gastrointestinal tract, and I'm sure if we go scour the literature, we'll see yeah. it elsewhere, where they're, you know, where, where, where we're liberating iron for microbes proliferation, if you're in sympathetic and we're overdrive. we're decreasing fertility, so if you see yeah. people, we've got a problem with that, right? So this, there's, a, there's a, we're, there's, we're not able to fight, we're not able to fight anything going on in the gut, but you also sent an interesting, actually a really cool paper to me about stress being an essential mediator to virally induced autoimmunity. And I thought that was, you know, very compelling. Because of course, we, again, we always pay lip service to stress, but, you know, these authors were hypothesizing that in fact, you know, we're anxious about viruses. Of course, we're very anxious right now about, about COVID. We're seeing long haul patients in our practice, people who aren't able to completely clear COVID and they've got just, you know, a, a basket of pretty terrible symptoms. And this yeah. hypothesis is pretty compelling that you sent me. Yeah. And, and this is what you and I have been dealing with all these years, like in terms of, um, autoimmunity and stealth viruses and chronic infections. And why are we living in, in, an, in a world of an epidemic? We have an epidemic of autoimmunity and we have an, we have an epidemic of chronic infections. Mm -hmm. And we don't even know how to measure half of them. Like we, like we can't even find them. I've had patients where I, I have this one patient that comes, she's actually a biologist who travels around the world about looking at soil in, in like third world countries for like the microbes. She came home, she ended up with mixed connective tissue autoimmunity mm -hmm. because she had terrible in, like pain and inflammation. She had a really high innate, no one ever figured out anything about. And it was after one of her trips, she came home and like was never the same. And I'm like, you 
picked something up in Africa. I can't figure out what it is. I, I know that's what happened. You know, she, there's just something. I tested everything that I could find in the lab that we test for and I could never find the infection. And she just must have some, um, now I don't know whether I'm not, I'm definitely not actually saying I think this was stress. I think, I do think some people have a genetic predisposition perhaps to not, why can't some people clear out viruses and others can? And maybe it comes back to methylation and childhood trauma. I mean, I don't know. Um, maybe there is some defect in, in general immune, you know, cellular immunity, which is what helps get viruses out in its TH1 system. But it is true that stress will not help this. Yeah, that's right. And so if we're trying to just help people um, fight, fight what we think are the stealth in, uh, infections that they're still struggling to clear out as part of the we gotta get help, we gotta help your immune system. And this is actually step two in my first book, the immune system recovery plan is all about the effect of stress and why we have to help. And, and, and in that book, I talk about um, for infections, like you have to have a healthy immune system. Like you gotta do everything you can to help the immune system clear it out because we can't always find the infection and treat it. Especially we don't have, and, and, and this is, I mean, your, your podcast is called Frontiers. I think the final frontier in medicine or one of them, certainly we can all say we have our own favorite one, is that we don't know how to treat viruses. Here we are. We can't, we don't, we, like viruses evade the immune system. They live, they persist in our body and we don't have any antiviral medication that works. Right, right, yeah, very limited. That's right, I know, in, yeah, interesting hypothesis. That's, you know, that's the final, I, and with, with autoimmunity, and now this long haul COVID, I'm worried about it too. Sure, but but to tie it back, you know, as the as as the one of the papers you sent over to me, folks, I will link to all of these papers on our um, on the show notes. But this one is um, Tamaho Tamaho and and Howard. Um, they say an int an intrinsic prerequisite to autoimmunity is viral illness um, is, excuse me, and stress is an in, is intrinsic right. prerequisite to viral triggered autoimmunity. Right. So yeah. I just want to circle us back yeah. there. So we may not have a great arsenal at addressing viruses, but we can improve resilience. We can improve resilience. I love that word. Yeah. And that's sort of where I say to my patients that like with the auto, where, where we do the history and it's so clear for autoimmune people that stress was the last trigger before this all happened. And I think of stress as yeah. the camel's back. So we have all the antecedents, they're set up, right? There's they're, perhaps they're all set up, there's a microbiome issue where they have an infection or something, mm -hmm. but then some big stressor comes on, the autoimmunity started after their parent died after a long illness. The autoimmunity started after, you know, there was a, a, you know, a death and there's something major, right? Happened, a trauma, and then they got sick. And so, I think that, that um, that's why I love that article because I, I, that's one of my favorite sayings is the, the stress is the straw that broke the, the back. Yeah. And then, then, it, then, then out it came. And if we believe that viruses are the root of all autoimmunity, um, which I suppose, I, I don't know, we know that now, um, but if that's true, then what it means is we have to do everything we can to keep our immune surveillance and our resiliency and our immune system functioning at its tippy top. Yeah, that's and right. Order, and in order to do that, you have to have to understand where you're at with your stress system and yeah. how it's functioning. Are you in hyperdrive? Are you burned out on either system? And there's two systems. There's the catecholamine, or there's the sympathetic, there's autonomic system, and there's the HPA axis. Don't forget about the, the autonomic nervous system. Right. That's right. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Really yeah. good. So what else do I want? Okay, so I just wanted to ask you a little bit about what some of the interventions you've you've practiced good self care in in stress right. management, but you also live a big life. You have a big practice. I mean, you do a lot. You've written books. You've got. I mean, we were just. I talking know. About I'm exhausted it. thinking about it. I know <laughs> a lot. Um. So you know, and I don't always do good, and so that's what I'm saying. Like I, I've had episodes of health issues that I keep writing books about. Right. So. I had episcleritis and some arthritis in my hands. That was after my son's, 
you know, the head injury, the one who had the, he had the traumatic brain injury and, um, and I got, and so all the stress that for me, I developed inflammatory um, and some joint pain. Mm -hmm. And so that I had to embark on. And so what happens is under times of stress for myself, and this is true for a lot of people, you fall off the wagon and I stopped meditating every day and I wasn't doing all the things that I needed to do. And so I have to say during this pandemic, I have gotten my, I have been on my cushion every morning. I mean, I really have made this huge commitment to my meditation practice and which I've been doing for 25 years. So I'm a long-term, thankfully, you know, meditator, but on and off, right? And so I have had to really, really take myself in hand and make myself, because I knew with the trauma and like I, so we had a fam big family trauma like the month before COVID and then we slipped into COVID. And so it's been tough. It's been really tough. And then of course I'm running a business and the whole medical practice and I had to pivot and try to, and huge. You, uh, you had a big brick and mortar. I had a really bread. big year as, as, um, as I, as I like to say, I've been in a blender like for yeah. the year and, um, and it's been really tough. And so I, I did EMDR with a therapist, right? I love EMDR for trauma. We'll link and to a page on about EMDR. EM, I, I, had found, I went and got myself, I went back to an old therapist I used from when I needed her before. Yeah. And I started doing that before lockdown and then we continued telemedicine and actually she sent me the buzzers and we were doing it from home. Oh, nice. and, um, and so I, I really, I said, Susan, you're not gonna get sick again. And I did acupuncture, which is amazing as an option for balancing the HPA axis and balancing your, your autonomic nervous system. I think acupuncture is a great way. Let someone help you, right? Yeah. So, so I did acupuncture like consistently through the whole thing. I think I broke it for a couple of months in the hardcore part of the pandemic, but my acupuncturist is really, really safe. And so I'm back to seeing her again. So I did acupuncture, I did EMDR, and there, you know, and had the therapist to support me. And I made sure I stayed on my cushion and, and, and meditated and got out in nature at least twice a week for two hours in the preserve twice a week. Wow. As well as just walking. But I really, when I had a couple of solid pandemic buddy girlfriends. And so this is me. This is, this is like, I stepped it up big. Yeah. And, um, and, and honestly, my reflux, I, I stopped drinking coffee and sparkling water were two things that I was living home then and drinking too much coffee and too much sparkling water. And I'm intermittent fasting. So I was drinking coffee on an empty stomach and I just stopped that. And actually I am, my reflux is better. So wow. I don't know if that was Good. so much stress related, although I'm sure it still was, even with all that, I still ended up having reflux but I did a stool test and my stool test was pretty much fine so um I don't think that um I have a history of SIBO in the past mild and so I I um I was afraid it came back but it didn't but I was at risk and so I took it all very very seriously and I did all those things mm. and um and I'm okay you know yeah. so my reflux is now under control, but I had to stop drinking coffee. And, and who knew that like mineral water, which I then, because I was home, was drinking all day during the pandemic, um, the bubbles, that that would have a big effect, you know, so. Well, it's in that, well, I mean, it sounds like you're, you know, it's a really difficult time. And it sounds it's like a really difficult time. And, and so I'm not here to talk about guys, myself, but when you said like, what are the things? No, right? I, I, people want to know. In fact, you sh if you can send us a link to the meditation work that you're doing, I'd, I'd, I'd oh, love yeah. to this is really we'll, cool. People will be asking about that. Really cool. It's a Tibetan Buddhist. So yeah, I have a really, my cousin is one of my angels. And so she's a, a she's a Buddhist monk. And so she sent me this course and said, do this. And I said, okay. So I, um, so yeah, so, so I, 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 so because I let my, I did be, in the past during times of intense stress, I did allow myself to, to, to end up having it. It did end up affecting me more mm -hmm. this time. I really was, I worked really hard and, and I really am okay. Yeah. But, but so this is, you know, maybe this is why I feel passionate about this message right now. Um, yeah. But also I've seen reflected everyone's it's I'm not alone. This is we have a collective trauma right now. Yes. And, um, and not only, you know, 
yeah, and not only, and I do all this trauma work with the Center for Mind Body Medicine. I mean, we're at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas in Florida, and um, you know, after the shooting, yeah. and um, and all the wildfires. I mean, we're in all sorts of places where people are really, really stressed, and so it's we all have to just find our own tools that work for us. And so the kinds of tools that we do are so, like I said, you can get outside people. So there's EMDR. There's all sorts of other other sort of techniques therapists have. I like somatic experience therapists. They help you like work through the, um, how your body might be holding, right? Um, stress and trauma. Um, there's also, um, you had given me a really good website to this. Um, I got to find the name of it, Carol. What was the, what was the name of that one? Um, where it's, is it's, it's DNRS. Yeah. And so there's various programs, right? So, so the simplest thing is to teach your patients to ask them what they want to do. Mm -hmm. What do you like? And as a clinician, I think you should just try things yourself because if you have your own practice and you learn for yourself that this is so important for you, it'll help you like share that with people. We are, I just, so yeah, there are many tools out there. I think you've just mentioned a handful of really good ones and then just simple at home stuff like yeah you know breathing as you said or just a simple meditation i mean there's so 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 many resources but we are we're yeah no i was just going to say the main thing is you need to make a time every day in a place where you're going to do it it takes like 60 days or something to make a new habit whatever that saying is you know you need to just create a new habit and so wake up in the morning i get my green tea and i go sit and so maybe for you, it's at night, or maybe it's at four o'clock, like whatever works for you, but you need a, set, a specific time every day and you need a place because then you can put stuff there and you just go and sit and like your energy, it just, it just is more inviting and it makes it easier. And so I think you have to create this habit. And so whatever it is you decide to do when you're sitting there in your meditation corner, you know, with whatever app you use, you know, whatever you choose to do there, but I think you need to have a time and a place and do it consistently, whatever it is. And, you know, there's Calm app, there's Insight Meditation, there's Headspace, there's all sorts of apps that people use. There's online meditation classes. Um, you know, we have, we have meditation classes. I have teachers that teach at Blum Center. We, you know, we have, you know, regular time slots for our patients and, you know, like for free, they can just log in and do it. And so I think we all just have to walk our talk. And then it'll be easy to teach it, you know, or to help people know what to do. Yeah. And I think now is definitely, definitely the time as we're. And now is the time. We're all home. Know, months we're, we're, into the pandemic. Yeah. And we're, and we're, we'll be home another three over four a year. Months, right. Yeah. How long do you think we'll be home? Summer, right? Um, yeah. I mean. Late yeah. spring. Well, and beyond, and so beyond that, like beyond our immediate impact, of course, you know, we're seeing the impact of the other countries, you know, and, and, you know, the food shortages and all of that whole economic, you know, massive economic hit, which we've been talking about here at our practice, because we've been thinking about how, you know, we might support, you know, how we should donate. I mean, we've just, there's just been so much, so much trauma here in the, in the, in the yeah. U.S. I mean, political trauma, and then we go headlong yeah, over and like layers and layers and layers, and it, it this, this is an absolute appropriate conversation for us to be having today. I and think I so wanna, because you I know how I was saying we don't know the the long term repercussions of COVID, right? In terms of persistent persisters, long haulers, people who got it and like don't like have some persistent symptoms. Yeah, we could end up seeing. I mean, autoimmunity is an epidemic now. Yeah, but we could really see because like really serious chronic inflammatory diseases spike in the next year or two, mm -hmm. especially as people are coming out of this collective trauma and stress that they're all experiencing. That's right. And we are already seeing an increase well, yeah, in, in, yeah. in autoantibodies associated with COVID. So yeah, the, unequivocally right. it is. And so we- And there's plenty of smart minds out there. Yeah. There's plenty of smart minds out there talking about like you amongst others, right? All the articles you've written, which have been great, you know, co-written with people about like ways to support immunity and um you know but 
you know, I just don't, I, I just wanted to highlight this so that people yeah. don't forget the importance of this too. Well, very lovely to connect with you on this. It's actually felt really good to have this conversation. I feel like I'm in kind of a nice parasympathetic place. <laughs> <Yes>. Exactly. <laughs> it's been a well, gentle conversation. You know what? It's just like real talk. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. real talk, which is, which is my, my, my new motto. Well, oh, lovely. Lovely to have you as always. Thank you. And Lovely um, to be here. To be continued. Thanks yeah. so much for joining Thank me today. You, Karen. And that wraps up another amazing conversation with a great mind in functional medicine. I am so glad that you could join me. None of this would be possible through the years without our generous, wonderful sponsors, including Integrative Therapeutics, Metagenics, and Biotics. These are companies that I trust and I use with my patients every single day. Visit them at integrativepro.com, bioticsresearch.com, and metagenics.com. Please tell them that I sent you and thank them for making New Frontiers in Functional Medicine possible. And one more thing, leave a review and a thumbs up on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you're hearing my voice. Um, these kind of comments will promote New Frontiers in Functional Medicine, getting the word on functional medicine out there to the greater community. And for that, I thank you. Until next time.